You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. The biggest change in the purchasing process for business technology over the past decade is the role of business users. IT no longer makes all the decisions about technology. Instead, it's the business users who use the tech on a daily basis who do much of the work. The area of low-code development, which allows business users to create workflows and automations for business processes, is a perfect example of this evolution. Business users and IT both take part in the purchase process for low-code solutions. And each role has its own part in managing the solution once it's deployed. Totally has shifted the last 10 years where you know, the business teams would be sitting there and then a software would be presented to them and they would have to figure out how to make their processes fit into what the IT team presented. Well, nowadays, the the, the business teams have the permission from, from the organizations to go out and find the best products that solve their issues and then let the, you know, the, the teams that are out in the marketplace have to come in and say, okay, you know, here's our issue. How can we solve it? And how can we make this a workable solution? And then the business teams vet through that. They feel comfortable with that process. But then it does shift back over to the IT team to then say, okay, yeah, this is something that we can bring into our organization. You know, data security is okay. We can sign off on it. We're not bringing another silo in like years past. This will connect to other pieces that we, we have not only today, but in the futures. That's Mike Donahue, Chief Commercial Officer at CMW Lab, a workflow software vendor. In this episode of the B2B Nation podcast, Mike and I talk about the modern buying committee, how vendors market to diverse committees, and Mike's favorite tool. Welcome to B2B Nation. Mike Donahue, welcome to the B2B Nation podcast. Why don't you take a minute or two and tell us who you are and what you do? Well, thanks, Mike. It's obviously nice to be here. Um, I'm actually uh, Mike Donahue, the Chief commercial um, officer for CMW Lab. I've been with the company for over a decade now. So um, CMW Lab was founded in 2010 by some um, technologists uh, who really had some great uh, foresight into where the marketplace could be heading. Um, we, we really looked at, and they looked at, um, you know, the different parts of departments and different things where there was a disconnect of bringing software in. It was more IT focused and these business teams were kind of out of the loop and they just didn't have much say in what was going to happen. And, and, you know, people were crying out for some way to be able to manage their own processes and their own tools and to be able to work at the speed of business. So they sat out to, to solve that business problem and they built one of the first low code solutions. And back then it wasn't even called low code, but they built one of those, the first low code solutions in the marketplace. And that's what we have today is an actual VPN platform that is used by multiple business units that help solve a lot of their issues, um, you know, that they have uh, running their daily processes. And because of our, founding and, and, and our expertise in this. We've been ranked number one for multiple years in Gardner's peer reviews. We got G2 reviews that rank us high. So it's just been a, a great ride and, and um, looking forward to the next five years to see um, as we move into the next generation, we have just 
uh, outlined a new BPM platform, a new signature product for us, that's even gonna take a, a better feature set to the marketplace under low code business as well. So we're excited about that. So you, you kind of alluded to the shift over the last 10 to 15 years in the way business, the business side of the business has gotten involved in technology. And that's brought the business folks into the technology buying process, which 20 years ago was probably mostly just your IT people, right? Uh, so it's moved yeah. Away, yeah. So moved away from IT team into the hands of the business users. The low code to tools, the business process vendors, you guys seem like you're right at this intersection of business users and IT, where they both kind of get involved to use it. Um, with the goal, I think, of offloading a lot of it off of IT and onto the business users, right? Yeah, no question about it. That's definitely where we sit. Um, make no mistake, both units, the IT team and the business team, still sign off on the decision-making part of it. But it totally has shifted the last 10 years where, you know, the business teams would be sitting there and then a software would be presented to them and they would have to figure out how to make their processes fit into what the IT team presented. Well, nowadays, the, the, the business teams have... The, permission from, from the organizations to go out and find the best products that solve their issues and then let the, you know, the, the teams that are out in the marketplace have to come in and say, okay, you know, here's our issue. How can we solve it? And how can we make this a workable solution? And then the business teams vet through that. They feel comfortable with that process. But then it does shift back over to the IT team to then say, okay, yeah, this is something that we can bring into our organization. You know, data security is okay. We can sign off on it. We're not bringing another silo in like years past. This will connect to other pieces that we, we have not only today, but in the futures. So the process, well, both have to sign off on it, still has really shifted the business teams to say, okay, you've got an issue. You've got a problem. Go out in the marketplace and solve that problem. But at the same time, you are going to be accountable to make sure it fits into our overall IT plans as we move towards the future. And, you know, there's the IT, there's the business to say nothing of the procurement, the legal, all those folks, too, that you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's always those checkboxes that happen. Now it's just just a different way the checkboxes happen. You know, it's 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 satisfying the the business teams first, and then getting through all the legalese after that. So you've got this diverse buying committee of business and IT and the other roles we just mentioned. How do you develop messaging and speak to those different stakeholders? They all have a they all have different skin in the game. Right. They all have different worries. They all have different accountabilities and priorities. And so how do you put that into one message or is it distinct messages for each group? Um, that's pretty funny because a lot of times my first conversations with prospective clients is, okay, who's going to be on the first call? Is it just the business teams? Is it going to be the IT teams? Is it going to be a combination of both? And quite frankly, we kind of like to separate those when we can, because you're really different messaging for the business teams. You want to see, you want to show them all the different features and, and sets without a lot of technical questions going around in the background. So we do definitely have different messaging. You're, you really hope that your product does it by itself, because if you can show those, uh, if you can show the product to a, a group of business users and they get excited, but then you can show the product the same way with maybe a little bit more technical uh, information, 
for the IT team and they get excited, it really does help a lot. But you definitely have to be, you definitely have to know, you know, I definitely tell my whole team, you have to know your audience. You have to be able to tailor that message around who's going to be viewing the product at, at the given, you know, demonstrations. How does that impact the length of the sales cycle? You've got it, different groups, different needs, sometimes slightly different presentations. At some point, you kind of got to make sure they get all back together. And is that, do you guys have a hand in that? They usually figure out on their own. How do you push it through? Um, I think when the need is there, the, the sales cycle is, is is pretty much the same. I think over the last, some outside factors, you know, the economy, some different things that have been going on has lengthened the sales cycle tremendously. But I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, the internal business teams versus IT teams saying, okay, we need to do this. It may require a little bit more due diligence and work on your end, but usually the people have a time frame in mind when they set out in the marketplace. So I, I think that's been pretty, pretty secure um, over the last few years. What what kind of feedback do you have on, on customers and prospects? Um, how do they find you? How, how diverse is the the net that you guys have to cast to be seen in the market? Um, I think, you know, it is all about search engine optimization and being able to say, okay, um, you know, is there, is there a way to be able to, you know, do events like, um, you know, seminars and webinars and different things just to, to reach out and cast a wide net uh, on individuals? Because everybody goes to the computer now and does a search for your organization, who your clients are, all those types of things. So you need to, to be involved in the, the gardeners and the foresters of the world and, and be able to say, okay, here's our company, here's our information, we'll put it out online for everybody to see, here's what our product does and doesn't do, and just be able to say, okay, you know, that, that's 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 the way that people search for 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 different things. And that's on both sides. You know, it's whether you're in the C-suite, you're in the business teams or you're even in the IT teams. You know, that's just the way people go about it. It's, it's, the, it's made it this, the search engines have just made it easier for people to gather information on different products. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about the dark funnel and conversations on social, the offline conversations between peers and colleagues that go on. Yep. It seems like no matter how those conversations get started, they end up at a search engine, right? It doesn't doesn't matter where you heard it. <laughs> yeah. you want to learn about it, you go to the search engine. Yeah, I think it's just timing always works. You know, if you're, you're, if you're assigned a project or you have an issue or a process, and you know you don't know where to start. Where are you going to start? You know you're gonna you're gonna start with that search engine, and then you're gonna reach out to colleagues and and do your due diligence that way. But certainly that's the that's usually step one. Yeah, and so I think a lot are... of you know the, I'm sorry the pandemic took away a lot of the um, took a lot of a lot of the shows and the trade shows and the different things that. We used to be involved in. We used to go to all those those things and have our booth and talk to clients face to face. And you know, people got away from that, and it's slowly coming back, but it's certainly not back enough where it's past the search engine part. Yeah, we like we're we're coming up on a couple of years now that in person events have been largely back, and yeah. I feel people seem just as confused and uncertain about them as they did in year one. It like. Yeah. We still can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, you know, and I think that comes down to budgeting and, and the different things. And as as the economy start to improve, not only in the U.S., but globally, you know, I think a lot of those things will come back full force. 
All right. So as you and I are talking right now, we're about to enter Q4 of the calendar year. We'll be in Q4 by the time this goes out to the audience. And speaking of the last few years, they've been kind of bumpy. There was the pandemic and a lot of vendors saw business boom. And when it first happened, we thought it would be bust. It turned into boom. And then it comes way down post pandemic. Where do you think, what do you think we're going to see in 2024? <laughs> you just described us to a T as well, which is is comical. You know, that that boom happened and then things began to slow down. Um, and quite frankly, we thought they'd pick up a lot more than they did in, in 2023. Um, I think looking back at that at this time last year, we probably didn't have the proof that we have now that 24 is going to be a lot better because in 23, we just were kind of planning that it was going to be better. And there wasn't a lot of... Um, you know, a lot in our pipeline, but it just seemed like oh, people were coming back and we're getting back to normal. Nowadays, I now we have a lot of implementations already scheduled for Q1, where people have really done their, you know, vetting and they've done their searching and they've done their overall business planning to say, okay, 2024 is when we want to start to bring all these tools back into the fold and we want to enhance different things. So our, our pipeline has grown tremendously of people that are that really just took their time, did a proof of concepts, did a lot of different planning and testing over the last six months, but they all kind of say the same thing, saying, you know what, we're ready to roll this out in Q1 and Q2. And when we look back at last year, when we were planning, we didn't have all that. We, we thought it, but we didn't have it. Now we kind of see that proof that 24 is probably gonna be back to more of a normal year and hopefully a little bit more of an enhanced year. Yeah, I think um, you can only hold back on your investments in technology for so long before you start digging a, a hole in your competitive advantage. It's like anything else. You kick the can down the road, right? It's like, well, we could have spent this much and kind of held where we are, but we held off on spending. And then two years later, you're way behind. And now you got to hold yeah. it. Yeah, I thought 23 people wouldn't be as cautious as what you described, but they kind of really were. And then I think this summertime and, and as we go into this, the final quarter, I think that's the kind of the been lifted now. I think it's like, OK, you know, we can't we've waited three years or, you know, two and a half years. We're, we're kind of getting back to to normal and, and we need to we need to bring in tools that will help our employees do, uh, you know, be more productive. And, you know, that's obviously what you know, we strive for at CMW Lab is just say, OK, we have a tool set and a platform that will help with production. The question we ask just about everybody on B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool? And our rules here are you can't say a tool that you're marketing or selling, and you can't say your phone unless you cite a specific app. So what is the tool that you <laughs> can't live or work without? Ah, put me on the spot. I like it. Um, well, I'm a big music guy, and I'm always amazed at uh, Apple Music, to be honest with you. Be out with friends, and you hear a couple lines of a song and you just type it in next thing you know that song comes up and you can put it to your playlist uh it's just it's something i have thousands of songs on my playlist and i'm just amazed every time that i i do a search for something like i hear on the radio or like i said i'm out with friends and the next thing you know you you can just play it and everyone's singing along to it it's 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 an amazing technology that uh i think we take for granted but it just uh i just I, I play it every day and it's uh, it works for me. I have just gotten back to putting on some background music when I'm working. I think yep. as somebody who started his career in like a 
cubicle office setting, it would have been headphones. And, you know, with my own office now, like I sometimes forget that, hey, I, I can just turn on some music for some background noise. Yeah, I do the same thing. You know, I have some music on or if I'm driving into work and I and I hear a song, then I'm like, OK, I don't know the name of that song, but then I'll come in and type a few words of that song and it magically comes up. It's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. Mike Donahue, thanks for joining us on B2B Nation. No problem. I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks again to Mike Donahue of CMW Lab for joining us on this episode of the B2B Nation podcast. If you found this episode helpful or insightful, share it with a friend. And subscribe to B2B Nation on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks also to Jacob Rainey of the Technology Advice Crew. Mnemonics in the Guild wrote our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.